This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in your podcast app. The first thing I want to talk about is this program here at UCSF. Prostate cancer surgery is part of a multidisciplinary program where we want to match the timing and type of treatment with the disease and patient preference. We have a very large experience over time. We record our outcomes of care, clinical and quality of life, and this allows us to educate our patients and ourselves. It's linked to a large tissue registry where we develop and validate new technology all the time. And I want to point out that we strive to improve our outcomes continuously and patient selection. I'd like to take back the first three or 4,000 surgeries that I've done. I think we do them better now. When I started in, in urology, the ideal patient for radical prostatectomy was a patient with low-volume, low-grade disease. This was an era when overtreatment was common, and there was little survival benefit to one treatment over another. Fast forward the next 20 years, and we realized that patients who were, present, who were most likely to, to uh, benefit the most are high-risk patients. We have more technology, biomarkers, and imaging, which will be talked about at this conference, and a multimodal approach is more common. Uh, one thing we've pivoted on over the last 20 years is surveillance. As the, the Sam Washington showed, surveillance, active surveillance for low-risk disease, in my opinion, is a preferred form of treatment for such disease. Many men will never need treatment. Overall survival is 96%. Prostate cancer-specific survival is 99%. Only 1% of patients ever develop metastases, and we know which ones are most at risk. Now, although we over-treat low-risk disease, we have undertreated high-risk disease. This is nice work that's been done by Matt Cooperberg over time. And what we're showing you here is data that we looked at in Capture, a large registry we run. And what I'm showing you here is risk here. Low-risk disease, high-risk disease, treated with surgery, various forms of radiation, and watchful waiting. And this is predicted 18-year cause-specific survival. The most common patient who presents in the United States today are, are those men with lower risk disease. Here, there's very little difference between one form of treatment or another, and many men don't need any treatment at all. But as you increase the risk, there appears to be a survival benefit for surgery. When we saw this, it, we started to change how we treat prostate cancer here at UCSF. This is prostate cancer care at UCSF for surgery over the last 20 years. And from 2000 to 2021, in deep blue, this is low risk disease. Green is kind of intermediate risk disease. And here in light blue is high-risk disease. You can see over time, we stopped operating on low-risk disease. Those patients undergo surveillance. And nowadays, the people we operate here in UCSF have high or usually unfavorable intermediate-risk disease. The patients we get operated on here with low-risk disease, are, these, are, these are men frequently may, may carry germline mutations or high genomic scores or abnormal uh, MRIs. I'm one of the few surgeons in the country that have done thousands open and thousands robotic. Uh, I can tell you that they're both good operations, but I favor the robotic approach. I think patients recover quicker and nerve preservation is better. This is the open approach on, on the left here, the prostate sitting below the vascular bundles here, the, the dorsal vein complex. And here I'm under high power magnification during robotic surgery, I'm separating a nerve bundle from the prostate over here. Again, a nice high power picture. These nerve bundles that run next to the prostate could be injured with either surgery or radiation therapy. And here what I'm doing, again, under robotic surgery, I'm dissecting this nerve off the apex of the prostate right here. 
we've seen the intersection of genomics and imaging. PSMA PET has been remarkable. We'll hear about that. This is a patient sent to me uh, from Seattle who uh, actually had negative biopsies, uh, high PSA, and we identified the cancer here at UCSF. And he underwent surgery. And what I'm showing you here are these lymph nodes that have been demonstrated by a PSMA PET scan done by Tom Hope. You can see the tumor light up here. This tumor uh, here was missed on biopsy before. Uh, many people ask me about lymphadenectomy and the removal of lymph nodes at the time of surgery. This is often done, but often done poorly and unnecessarily in lower risk patients. Um, there was an enthusiasm for extended dissection. We did that here, and, and nice work done at Sloan Kettering showed there was no benefit um, between the extended or limited node dissection. And actually, here at UCSF, we cannot demonstrate a survival benefit between among those who got lymphadenectomy or no lymphadenectomy. There's really little difference in overall survival or recurrence-free survival. And there can be side effects of uh, lymphadenectomy. This is a patient, this is the bladder filled right in the middle here, and it's being compressed by a lymphocele that developed after uh, lymphadenectomy. So nowadays, we do much more PSMA PET imaging ahead of time to try to, to identify those with lymph node disease, and we do lymphadenectomy selectively, really only in high-risk patients, and even there, we're trying to determine the benefit. And I'll show you some new technology, which we think will be helpful. Re uh, the recurrence-free survival or recurrence-free or second treatment-free survival for surgery is quite good for low and intermediate-risk disease. High-risk patients frequently require multimodal therapy here. Overall survival rates after surgery, prostate cancer-specific survival rates are excellent, meaning that either with surgery alone or a combination of surgery with additional treatment like radiation, we're able to salvage these outcomes quite nicely. Side effects, more about this later. Incontinence uh, is predicted by older age, non-nurse spring approach, and those who've had previous radiation. Sexual dysfunction, very importantly, men have to understand what their baseline function is, age, and a non-nurse sparing approach. You can predict outcomes pretty well by knowing this type of information. I think better imaging may be critical here. You'll hear more about PSMA. PSMA is a protein found in the cell's surface of prostate cells. It's overexpressed in prostate cancer. And intuitive surgery, who we work with, Dr. Howard Wynn and I work with here, had a molecule that actually targets the PSMA biomarker. And this marker was a fluorescent marker. That means in a fluorescent light, it lit up. And so we did a very nice study here, really because we understood that in the high-risk patients undergoing surgery, again, the patients we think benefit, about 15 to 40% will have either positive margins or missed metastatic disease in lymph nodes, both of which may impact outcomes. Uh, and, and this is a, a nice map uh, done by Tony Wong here at UCSF who supplied this for me, showing in color code the distribution sites of these lymph nodes. And you can see a lot of these lymph nodes are outside the standard fields for either surgery or radiation. We miss them, about one-third of them. So we think better imaging, what we call color-coded surgery, uh, may be of value. And what we did in this phase one study, which we've completed, is we gave men who undergo surgery this molecule, uh, PSMA fluorescent molecule, uh, uh, a day before surgery. We took the patients to surgery the next day, and during surgery, we turned on the light. Now here I'm showing, I'm holding up the prostate, and I'm going to go ahead and turn on the fluorescent camera, and that light, that prostate with cancer lights up. Uh, quite nicely. 
another patient of mine actually who we did this surgery and it looked like a complete resection and then we turned the light on and I noticed this lesion near the left apex which I would not have noticed other uh, with, with, under white light I went ahead and took that out and that was actually pathology confirmed residual disease Lastly, a patient who uh, has a regional lymph node here, I'm going to do a lymphadenectomy over the left common iliac vein and artery. We lit that node up, and, and that was actually positive. We've gone to a phase two study now uh, to the FDA to try and do this in a larger cohort of patients. UCSF will be the lead site, and we'll have three other sites uh, join us from around the country. I think imaging is going to be very important. Now, let me give you just one vignette of one of my patients, a 62-year-old man who underwent radical prostatectomy by me. He actually had high-risk disease. T3A was beyond the prostate. Margins were clear. 20, uh, I think 22 lymph nodes were taken out and were, were negative. No evidence of regional disease. His post-operative PSA was 0.58. I repeated it 0.6. It wasn't going up very rapidly. This patient actually had a mutation. He was carrying a um, germline mutation, check two mutation. And uh, uh, the question here is, do I go ahead and advise radiation to this patient? Well, what we did was a PSMA PET scan, and we saw a single presacral lymph node. Now, this lymph node is normal in size. Uh, you, you wouldn't see it easily under white light. And I did not have, our trial was closed. I did not have access to the imaging agent. This patient traveled to Germany. Uh, with, uh, uh, surgeon there uses a radioactive probe. Uh, they, this patient underwent surgery, found a single lymph node. All other lymphs were clear. This patient's PSA remains undetectable. No hormonal therapy, no radiation now at 18 months. An undetectable hypersensitive PSA. So my feeling is that the radical prostatectomy uh, is an option, possibly the preferred option for clinically significant multifocal disease in men in good health with a long life expectancy. It's an evolving technique, I think likely to be made better and more effective, less morbid with intraoperative imaging. Stay tuned. We hope to complete this trial in the next uh, 12 months time. Again, I want to Thank all my surgical colleagues here at UCSF. I work with a wonderful group of surgeons uh, listed here. Uh, this is as much their presentation as mine. I want to thank you very much. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.